welcome everyone to Uncorked with Holly and Gina. We're excited you've joined us for a conversation to unleash your inner badassery and uncork your magic. This is the no bullshit, all truth, nothing but fun podcast. And don't worry, we've got you for our VIP. Hello everyone, welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And everybody, we are live streaming on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And did I call it tomb? Well, <laughs> it might be a tomb if nobody shows up. So let's hope the tube is in action and people actually show. That's what I think. Okay, listen, everybody go to LOA on Cork Channel and check out our guests because not only does she have a lot of things behind her name, mm-hmm. and in front of her name, all around her, okay? You gotta see her megawatt smile. For sure. That is what I think defines her. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk further. We have a Reverend Dr. Julie Moret in the house. Listen, she's the author of What's Your What? <laughs> or is it what's your what she's holding it up uh-huh. how to ignite your unique brand i love it okay i was wondered if you were a reverend and a doctor whether the doctor came first or the reverend came first but I'm it makes the complete reverend. sense you put the yeah, spiritual yeah. part first of always Absolutely. yes i i, I had all right that. i'm yeah. glad we agree we can't mm-hmm. we can we don't have to argue and we're gonna keep going <laughs> no we can keep going yes 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 okay she's an accomplished talker we just rebranded speaker <laughs> yeah. okay so we said speaking is scary, but talking isn't. Yeah. So okay. we, she's an accomplished speaker. We won't put that on her. Our rebranding. No, no. And personal. But, but I was mine, and she's like the quintessential rebrander of all things that don't even need to be rebranded. And so the speech <laughs> thing was my sister who's afraid of of spe- speaking, and she's kind of working on that. And I said, well, just think about it like a talk. It's not really a speech. Accomplished talker. Talker. There you go. And personal coach. And she holds degrees in a wide range of healing modalities, including psychology, neuro-linguistic programming. I call that NLP. Um, she's also been featured on Lifetime Television Channel. I love it. And enjoys working with clients from diverse backgrounds, including Fortune 500 execs, Academy mm. Award winners, something you wanted to be. Oh. And now, maybe she can help I you, actually. Still will be. Listen, Absolutely. And yet. several New York Times best-selling authors. Yeah. She also hangs out and works at the Agape International Spiritual Center as a speaker, as a talker, as a mega talker. <laughs> and she's a member of their leadership board. She also, this is a cool Easy. fact. I mean, Gina, I just want to sneak this on you. Oh, she was knighted by the order of the Orthodox Knights of St. John Russian Grand Priory alongside, guess who? Jack Canfield, oh, Don goodness. Miguel Ruiz, Michael Bernard Beckwith. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she also has a really super cool TED Talk that I think everybody should go check out because I love it's growing your uniqueness, grow your no, and galvanize your yes. Wow. Go hang out and check that out. I think it's super cool. It's going to be inspirational. She inspires me. All of this will be in the show notes. Absolutely. And I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) Welcome 
Dr. Well, Reverend Dr. Dr. Julie Moret. <laughs> To wow. Elevate Court. I want to just sit and listen to y'all for a while. Like we want you to come over. Already. Actually, no, no, no. We we would like to come to California <laughs> we'll and hang with you. you. Yeah, yeah. Come, we'll come to California. You. We'll yeah, play for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, Thank do you, you go? Should I call you Reverend? Should I call you Doctor? Reverend Doctor Julie? What? How would you like us to address you, know you what? today? What? Whatever you're comfortable with, really. Okay. You know, I have. I have in certain parts of my life, people only refer to me as Reverend Julie at home. I'm okay. like, hey, you, you know, so it's like whatever. <laughs> as it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Reverend yeah. Julie, what, how we typically start our podcast um, is just an opportunity for you beyond what Holly shared to kind of uh, share with our audience a little bit more about yourself and what you uh, you know, your life has trajectory has been and what brings you to today? Just just to ground the conversation before we get into some questions. Yeah. So a lot of what I speak about now is um, how to find our thing. Like, mm. you know, my book, What's Your What? How do you find what? And, and the reason why that's what I speak about so often is because I didn't know for so long. I'm somebody yeah. that was kind of generically good at a number of things, but not like really exceptional at anything. And I just really um, wanted to know, like, why am I in this life? What's the point? What's the purpose? You know, what is this about? What's going to make it worth it? Because there are a lot of challenges. There are a lot of difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so I have spent a lot of time finding out different tools, different practices, different strategies to help really quantify and clarify like what is our what what is our thing because when you're on it when we're doing what he, what we came here to be life feels very juicy and compelling mm. and when we're off of it it feels like drudgery so i think that that's really um i i've told some of my stories many times over about how i kind of got to that but what i what i finally realized is that i had become like a muse to so many people in my life i was mm. often like at the side of very famous people and I, it was frustrating. And I didn't know like, am I just gonna be like a permanent wingman until I realized, um, I'm not even gonna do the whole story, but a, a very famous artist uh, called me years after we had been corresponding. And he said, you know, you are my muse. And I didn't really get that. And so once I owned like what my thing is, that that's, that's the gift, cause I'm an inspirational speaker. So, and I own that now, like I'm not that it's a, it, it's just how I was built, you right. know, and we all have something that was built into us. So I like helping people, including myself, figure out like, what are you wired for and how do we get into it? How do we do it? You know, and be it. Okay. It's I fun, love that. Right? <laughs> she has no idea. She's my soul sister. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm going to tell you why, because I, I, I felt like, and like so many, mm -hmm. that I felt I was good at everything and I could change myself and become a chameleon to actually be that, be whatever you wanted, right? Sure. And I didn't know what I wanted. I just wanted to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Gina, you don't know this, but she hurt her shoulder just like me and acted like a crazy person running around and doing boxes and I did oh. suitcases and, and she's like, research. yes, I know. And I was like, she hurt her yes. shoulders. And I was like, 
And then she went into this whole process as how she healed it. And I sort of did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I get this girl, this reverend doctor girl. With the with the broken <laughs> wing that's fixed now. I was called, I'm my broken wing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I feel like it's maybe not everybody has had the broken mm -hmm. wing. Okay. But a lot of people come into this world not knowing what their what is. And there is a few people that come in knowing, you know, like my son came in, was gifted at music, and that's just his lane. Now he's still trying to figure out the what in that what. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of us that came into this world, we don't know. Yeah. And so there are some of us, some of us that yeah. do come in and don't fulfill it. <sighs> right. Right. So. Yeah. And what a pain that is. Like, I'm sure that there are tons of people, including myself. Pain on both sides. Know, as, as far as I've gone towards, you know, being who I am, there's still a, a huge way to go. Mm -hmm. And so that pain of living a life unfulfilled or fully realized, it's like, ah, so if we can make little, I call them base hits. You know, I want to get mm -hmm. a base hit every day. Just something that puts me back on track, even though I might, I might, you know, go astray several steps. As long as I keep moving in that direction, that juices me. That becomes compelling, and then we become an attractor field for more of like kind. So if mm -hmm. I'm stepping in the direction of that for which I was born, the universe, because everything's energy, everything's frequency. It starts to bring me people, places, circumstances, and events that match at that vibratory frequency. So that's why we want to kind of rig our environment um, so that it helps keep us in a flow state. I just tossed out a bunch of things. If you want to get specific. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. No, no, this is good. For sure. So let's say we have somebody in the audience that's been in a corporate job for a long time. I was one of those people. I left at the end of last year. I was miserable as a corporate. I was an accountant. No, I was actually like the CFO. <laughs> I was a C-suite. And, and, so, and, and I always... And we worked together at the yes. same company. And so I always knew that I was in the wrong spot. So for those people that should not wait as long as me, I always knew since I was young that I should not be an accountant. I did it to be practical. There were a, a variety of stability and other reasons why I did that. Mm -hmm. So somebody in our audience that wants to juice it up, because that was not juicy, although I was successful on paper, right? Internally, I was not successful. And so for those people, how do they go about juicing it up? Yeah. I love that. Okay. So this is, this is, it's always exciting when you ask something and I actually have something to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. I had a client, uh, uh, in court, it, he worked for the government. Um, he was making a decent salary, not, not terrific. Um, and he didn't want to be working in, in that capacity any longer. So we did a couple of things. One is I started having him slowly remove some things from his office space. Just start withdrawing your energy from that space. At the same time, we began to um, get really, I, I do, I work with Michael Bernard Beckwith. He's the founder and director of the Agape International Spiritual Center. And he has something called the life visioning process. So I start doing the life visioning process to become open and available. It's not visualizing what you want, although there's definitely a place for that. You know, mm -hmm. I want a red Maserati, a red Maserati. Um, it's not that. 
it's become open and available to what is God, source, nature, higher consciousness, his greatest idea of itself as my life, like starting to open up what's possible. And so as we began to do this work of like opening up in his consciousness what's possible, and he'd been doing the same job for 100 years, so he didn't have any sense that there was something else. Uh, so we're withdrawing energy from what we don't want, that old job, and we're juicing in the possibility, the, the vastness of what can happen. And because we are all energy, that's not airy-fairy, that's, that's science, we attract at the level of our frequency. So I want to do whatever it takes to vibrate, to oscillate at the level of what it is I do want, not what I don't want. <laughs> We're really good at being clear about what we don't want. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be blah, 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 blah. And when we focus on that, we just attract more of the same, right? I could say more about that, but I'm going to stay here. <laughs> um, so what we want to do is focus on what you do desire. So we got really interested in like, what are the qualities that he would like to experience in a new position? What are some of the things? And we did this process and he now is in a seven figure job, has been for several years. And he's like living beyond anything he'd imagined. So the two things that we did there and what I would recommend for folks, so you don't have to like quit on a dime without any kind of plan. Just start to slowly withdraw your energy from where what you are in. If it's a relationship, if it's a you know health and fitness thing that's not working for you, if it's a job situation, and begin to open up in our brains and our neural pathways and our synapses possibility and spaciousness for what can be, and then you'll start to draw to yourself people, places, circumstances, and events. And when you get a hit. That's when you take an action, when you feel something inside that says, call this person, send that email, you know, those things. That's a good start. And and those are not always overt, right? Those, but they're like, when you're dialed in and aligned, then those little suggestions from the universe around send that email, you know, call so-and-so are are kind of almost an eight to you and you just have to trust, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, Gina, that's, that's really helpful because how do you get clear about what the voice is? Because sometimes there's exactly. a voice that's like, you suck. That's not the voice we're tuning into, right? So, so ways to get clear about that real inner voice, um, find out what what opens up your creative flow for me walks in nature i go for a walk and i'm dictating in my phone half the time because i'm so inundated with inspiration right that works for holly yeah soul sister yep, yep 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 yeah 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 so yeah because we're soul sisters <laughs> of um so so find out what kind of opens up your creative juices your creative channels um i like you know close the curtains in my room, close the door, blast music, dance, sensual dance, scantily clad dance, anything that, you know, helps me feel, get out of just being a head up and get into my full body self. Because how good are we, a lot of us women, at being like intellectual from here up? I want my whole body involved. And then I get, and then the creative juices start flowing. And then when that voice inside says, has this idea, you know, like, oh, we should do this. 
that's coming from a creative generative space right and you and so the more we do this the more we build up that trust meditation is a powerful one um chanting yoga working out anything that puts you in a lightly um, hypnotic state where the the conscious ba- brain can kind of chill out a little bit mm. conscious brain is everything we're currently aware of and then we can kind of sink down past the critical uh, mind which is like all the judging and the assessing and the evaluating and then you can go into the subconscious mind which is like the control center for our entire being that's what we want to plug into so when i'm out for a walk in nature my conscious mind relaxes the critical faculty gets more pliable mm-hmm. and i can go into that that subconscious area the control center for my beingness and become open and available to guidance <laughs> so good I know I love it I love that she's actually succumbing to the sisterhood too uh, I like that I, too I, but I, I I'm gonna ask a question filing the uh, the uh, paperwork to adopt a new order sister yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that too I'll help with we'll, the have, we'll have to first do a little test to see if y'all like sweets and what kind of sweets and make sure right, we'll, we're we'll like do, I'll take the t- I love tests that. okay love okay. tests <laughs> and she loves sweets so I think you guys, okay. you're probably gonna be just fine okay, okay so I've never asked this question before so Brace yourself, Gina. When you talk about removing your energy from what you don't want, whether it's a corporate job or being too heavy, you know, seeing that weight on the scale, do triggers hold you back? And, you know, like when I was in the corporate job, it was it was a lot of time that you spend there. And then there were a lot of emotional triggers. And even when you leave, you don't leave. Um, For a while. Well, I mean, just in in a day, in a day, you go home with it. Got you. Yeah, you're saying at the end of the day. Which I tried to clear that out. And even if it's weight or something, you see that thing and then you're like, oh, can't wear my pants. And like it haunts you the whole day Then I can't have that glass of wine. I don't know. And so do these triggers hold you back? Do we need to address them? Yeah, because nothing's going to work until we do. God bless us. Darn it. Humans. (laughs) We're so creative in the ways we try to get out of doing what we're going to have to do to be successful. You know, we'll eat, we'll shop, we'll, you know, I will clean areas of my room. Like we'll do all kinds of diversions to not face what must be faced. So um, this is this is something I got into really strongly over the last couple of years. It's neuroemotional techniques um, from the Center of Emotional Technology and um there's a there's an understanding that we have three modes to our brain. You've got the survival brain, the emotional brain, and the executive brain. The executive brain, that's the sweet spot. That's where we have creativity. That's where we can come up with new plans. That's where the answers to all of our questions are. But in order to get to that sweet spot, my survival brain first has to be soothed. A lot of us don't even know we're in survival mode which makes it tricky because survival brain likes to masquerade as executive brain. You know, that's when it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh, I should drive by his house and see if he's there, even though he said he never wants to speak to me again. I think that's a good idea. I should go bang, 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 2 a.m., right? So that, so the way that we deal with the survival brain is um, learning how to self-soothe. And it's kind of on a regular basis. You know, these last couple of years, the whole world went into survival mode. And so in order for any kind of meaningful progress to occur, we've got to like 
soothe our nervous system, serve the soothe the adrenal system. And so there's some things I have it on my website and on my my Instagram. So I'm not going to do a lot of it. But like, you know, even just this gesture, it's called self petting, you take a hand, you run it down from one shoulder down to the palm of the other hand, you do that for 30 seconds, it causes the body to secrete oxytocin, which is a soothing, happy hormone. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure your temperature is well regulated. Have a, a soothing beverage. Make sure the, the belly's full. So we want to tend to our security needs. Make sure you, you're like well taken care of. Only after the survival brain, and this is very relevant because if you're talking about leaving a job, it's going to spiral us into survival brain. How will I support myself? You know, I, am I going to be important anymore? People aren't going to think of me as successful if I don't have that title or that job. So that's the first step is I got to soothe out that survival brain. And then what we need to do is step into the emotional brain. Only after the survival brain is soothed are we able to move into our emotional brain. That's where you take the time to feel and acknowledge our feelings. So let's just do something for those listening. We'll do one survival breath just for a moment. Breathe in swift through the nose and slow, slow out through slightly parted lips. Breathing in swift through the nose. Slow, slow, slow out through slightly parted lips. For the next two breaths, as you exhale, let out a little sound, a low rumble from down deep in the belly, breathing in swift through the nose. Ah, ah, ah. So that's a great way to soothe the survival brain. Mm -hmm. Then let's all move into the emotional brain and just take a moment and um, notice what you're feeling right now. What are the feelings you have right now? I feel a little bubbly. I feel some excitement. I feel peaceful. I feel happy. Um, relaxed. Relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter. There isn't like a value attributed to it. Mm -hmm. So it could be I feel pissed off. I'm angry. I'm resentful. I'm jealous. I'm insecure. It's whatever it is, it's just in order. Dr. Dan Siegel says felt feelings flow. In order for me to have the availability to my life's purpose and my mission and whatever wants to be, emerge as me, I've got to be f like well emotionally ventilated. So this is where you just take the time and you list it off like pissed off, angry, happy, sensual, eager, joyful, whatever, all, all the feelings, just blah, all of them. You feel them and you acknowledge them. Then that lets us rise up into that executive clear thinking space. And that's where it's like, that, so if I'm leaving a corporate job, then I've, I've soothed myself the part that's like freaked out, you know, this is my structure, this is my safety. I'm acknowledging it, holy shit, like what, what's gonna come of me? I'm gonna be homeless, ah! And then it helps us rise into that executive brain state and that's where it's like, oh, okay, I have this, I have this, I have this, I'm, I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that, like what are all the structures that are in place supporting me? Okay. Okay. I'm not free falling. Okay. Right. And then, oh, maybe I should send that email, pick up the phone, do this, write that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So those pieces have to be addressed. Right. Because too often we try to leap into, you know, just quit that job and go for it. But if mm. I'm not taking care of the other two, it won't work. Mm. <laughs> it's not sustainable. Right. So when you, you know, Holly had talked about, you know, coming in and not being sure exactly what she was meant to do here, other than knowing that what she was doing wasn't 
in alignment at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I came into the world thinking, you know, I was going to entertain the world and make a lot of money doing it and win a lot of awards like, you know, an Oscar and, you know, all kinds of things. Fly around and do the things. And, you know, I pursued that for a little bit and the F word got in my way of fear and worry and scared and um, gave up, came back and found a role that was similar to Holly's. Like I'm very grateful for it, uh, but doesn't fill me up. And so since we've been doing the podcast, this has been wickedly fulfilling. Uh, It fills part of that creative side that I don't have in my day to day. Um, But my question is, how do I maybe re, uh, you know, it was such a deep felt knowing that that was supposed to be an entertainer that how do I, as I go forward, recraft that in a way, reconnect or recraft or allow myself the space to hear what evolution of that would be for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. And I know that can be so frustrating because a lot of us think like, we know, I know that this is, you know, um, and so there are a couple of pieces to that. Um, one is I like the idea of constantly turning it over to whatever it is that you pray to or believe in that's larger Mm -hmm. than yourself, God, spirit, nature. I like turning it over constantly. Like, you know, what will you have me do, Lord? I turn this over to you. I turn over all of it. I also like the idea, uh, the intention of being of service. How can I be of the greatest service? Use me. How can I be of the greatest service? And then um, I'll give you an example. I had a client once and she wanted more than anything else to meet her husband. Like she wanted to meet her husband. She made a vision board. And the one thing she was sure about is she wanted a really, really big man like physically she wanted like king kong to feel (laughs) safe and protected and so on her vision board she had like two footprints that were like you know huge right so because like only a giant could fill those shoes so she meets this guy and he's a great guy but he's super short so she knows like he's not the one and for a couple of years like he's like right here in her face and she just keeps like looking for Godzilla because he's got to be arriving any moment but this other great guy is there and so they become really good friends and they spend a lot of time but she's still (laughs) kind of always looking around and then finally she realized what she was looking for in those great big boots is she wanted to feel safe she wanted to feel safe she wanted to feel protected she wanted to be with like a really big man like a big man and what she realized is this guy was like the biggest man she's ever known Mm -hmm. his character is huge so um so i think there's a way in which like what we put out comes to us it may not necessarily come in the form we thought you know gene is here to be a source of entertainment so i like honoring that i mean i've already experienced it in our first 15 (laughs) minutes right so i like honoring that and then I would just keep turning it over. You're being obedient. Podcast came to you. You're being obedient. We have no idea where this podcast is going to go. We have no idea who's going to tune in one day. We have no idea any of these things. So to me, there's a level of obedience of getting quiet, listening, 
responding, mm. quiet listening, responding, building up that faith that life, my life is for me. My life is for me. Right? Oh, I love I love that. I know. Beautiful. And just for our listeners, we did kind of do exactly what Julie you're saying when we birthed the podcast. We didn't even know what it was. And I s- said, we have to do this. And I didn't even know what I was saying. With but those I, scary eyes scary at like 630 in the morning on the way to work. <laughs> yeah. And, we have to do the podcast. And then everything sort of just fell in yeah. place. I mean, there was, an op- there was obstacles, but it was nothing yeah. that was you know insurmountable yeah and and nothing is for naught right you know, that's one of the things that i really learned there were there were so many things that i studied along my way and i'm like wow this is such a tangent and it's all coming into play mm. and then there are also things that i was compelled to do but for whatever reasons i didn't follow through on and years or decades la- later i see where Oh, would have been really great because now I got to reroute and go get that piece that I that I thought to do at 21, but I like got myself and went didn't. astray. I yeah, love like, that. Like, That's like, good. Just one thing, real quick on that. Like there was something I was really compelled to do when I was 21 years old, and I shared it with the family member, and just her response was like, hmm, "Really?" And it was enough to make me stop. And my gosh, did that mess me up my own choice not to continue to let myself be swayed so there is that peace as well there is that peace and i would do things and i thought why am i i became a life coach i didn't like coaching one-on-one i learned astrology i'm an astrologer and i was like i have no idea i don't want to do readings okay but you know I, it is so useful and I used to shame myself for not either for dropping things because I'm a great dropper <laughs> and those I finished but, but you're a great picker upper too but I pick it up too and then I was like why am I doing this I'm wasting my time what am I doing and I would just invite everybody to not judge those things because you're right now astrology helps us all the time if you told me your sign i'd be able to connect with you and give you maybe some information that makes you feel happier and more joyful raise your vibration and all of that is a beautiful thing it's showing up and served yeah Yeah, i give advice all the time it's free that's why i tell my kids you're so lucky it's free I tell my son that all the time. I don't think he cares no, right now. They don't. They, don't. they have like, zero appreciation. You know, people yeah, pay yeah. me so much money for this. He's like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I wanted to share one other mm-hmm. strategy that I that I use a lot. I, so so I do the neuroemotional techniques, the survival brain, emotional brain, executive brain, because I find that super helpful. I also really like working in partnership with an accountability buddy mm. because it helps me stay on track. Um, a, a friend of mine, Pat Finn, he has an organization, a company called Rubicon Results, and it's like teams of people, and you have like teams of accountability. And I got two audiobooks done in a 10-week period just having that support. So I think that, you know, I, for myself, I've tried to do life alone because I'm kind of a loner type, and I, I just, you know, I can handle it, right? Yeah. But what I have come to realize is support is a good thing and support makes me better. So um, so for those listening, I would say like, who's your team? You know, sometimes I'll write up a list of who's on my team. Yeah. What are the resources that I have? What do I, what do I have going for me? 
and then you know like juice up that juice up your team love up your team right right I love that. I think we should create an app like dating, but it's like a matching accountability partner. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Because there's a sense of community there. So I really believe like, like having that connection, that sense of community, we can call it accountability. I hate accountability. I want to rebrand that too. Okay. Although I'm extremely (laughs) accountable. I mean, too accountable. Mm -hmm. Like I became so accountable that I lost myself in the accountability, <laughs> you know? So uh, I think that would be really good, but there's a community that helps you move forward. Well, we really, one of the one of the reasons we started the podcast was just that, is that, you know, we felt so fortunate working together every day and holding each other accountable. Um, s- some people holding others more accountable than uh, others. But, but we really how blessed we were to have this relationship where I knew she felt as um, committed to my growth and success and happiness as I did, sometimes more, really. And she would always challenge me and push me. We would dialogue about, you know, a meeting we were at and how that went and she'd provide great perspective and hopefully I did the same. Absolutely. And we we had other people watch and go, gosh, you know, you guys should do a podcast. It's so good to listen to and what a gift. And we sort of hoped the podcast would provide that community. If people didn't have that, it would be that inspiration to have more of a virtual collection of BFE, BFFs that are doing the same work. So yeah. it's, it's a big really, deal. It's really, really helpful because there's so yeah. many distractions. Um, I, I speak a lot about uh, rigging our environment to pay silent dividends, you know? So Ooh. I like um, Dan Butner. He's the guy in, in responsible for the Blue Zones books. He's really wonderful. And he talks about how um, people who live the longest, those are the blue zones, people that are living well into their hundreds, they make the healthy choice the easy choice, right? So there aren't, they're not jumping in a car, they're walking a couple miles to get to their store. They're, mm. they're picking their own food. They're, you know, and so I, I always think like how to make the healthy choice, the prosperous choice, the loving choice, the easy choice. And so there are a number of things along those lines where, um, I have so much information. I'm trying to. Like, <laughs> so um, I practice feng shui, the art of placement. So it's um, placing things that that juice us, that inspire us, that compel us in different areas of the room. Marie Diamond has a brilliant one on Mind Valley. Um, so that's the art of placement. And by the way, Gina, she got um, a bunch of little tiny plastic Academy Awards and put them in her success corner. She does, she's, she does feng shui, okay? Like, she how does. is that going to lead to an Academy Award? And um, Love that. she attracted somebody in, in Hollywood who had one Academy Award. And so she did their um, feng shui in their home. And then she was like, I think I want more than that. And so she put like several of them up, I think eight or something like that. And then she became Steven Spielberg's client. It's just how things work. Oh so my God, I love place- that story. Yeah, okay, you know, because so anyway, um, the art of placement is a really big deal in my book. What's your what I do a lot of exercises on how to clarify your what by finding out what are the qualities, qualities of God or nature, spirit, whatever you call it, um, 
that that you're most um, resonant with, that like are, are, that represent who you are. And one of the ways that you can do that is pull together all old yearbooks, cards, um, notes, anything that people have written to you and, and write down all the adjectives that have ever been used to describe you and then put them in categories. And what you will find is that you have been seen, you have been known, people see you. So for example, when I did this, um, the first time there was tons in the inspirational category. So I was like, okay, something about me is here to inspire. And then as I've evolved and become like willing to step more and more into myself, because, you know, like I'm a sweet kind of appearing person. But all of a sudden when I get off stage, people started describing me a little differently, like fierce or badass. I and I was that. like, oh, yes, yes. So that's like a new like, yes, I'll step into that too. Um so to surround your environment with images, pictures, what are the colors where you feel what it is that you, you want to be and demonstrate as. So you kind of rig the environment, you rig what you wear um, to reflect those, the, that quality. That's another way of like paying silent dividends so that the, that the structure is already always reminding you. Marianne Williamson, I was on stage with her one day. She like gave me this great com compliment. And I have it right by my altar. So I see it every day. Like I remember Michael Beckwith has said things. I have that right there. So that's how we juice our environment. And then when I see those things, when I feel those things, the frequency of them, it causes me to oscillate up. Mm -hmm. I start vibrating at that level. And then opportunities, people, places, circumstances, I become an attractor field for that. Okay. okay I, I love Okay. This. Listen, this is what we need to do. We're going to have a party. <laughs> okay. We're going to invite our good friends. We're going to have something bubbly. You can have water. I'm going to have champagne. And we'll write about everybody mm -hmm. and then gift them at the end of the party. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so it's so lovely. Beautiful. It's so lovely. And then they can and you can start to see like, oh, OK, so this is this is who I am. It, it's really helpful. And and people, we all already have it. You know, I went back to my baby book when I was first born and my grandmother wrote something in my baby book and like she saw me before anybody else and she was not somebody throughout my life that I thought was like a champion of mine and really knew who I was but on some level hmm. I was conveying who I am as an infant as like a two-day-old we're, we're seen wow. you know yeah, I feel us. I, you know what's interesting two things here is I don't really write down what I'm gonna say in the intro but I have your bio in front of me, so I know that. But I was like, what a badass title. What's your what? Okay, like, and I almost said that. And so my two words for But the you, reverend stopped you, probably. I know, the reverend. It's true, <laughs> a little bit. Okay, but what's, what's interesting is in doing research about you, I absolutely would call you fierce mm -hmm. and badass. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That would be... Even just this conversation today. With the megawatt smile. Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to say that. Yeah. And then I want to take a left turn if we have a few more minutes. I want to talk about spiritual wellness. And Ooh, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Spiritual wellness, okay. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the the neuroemotional techniques that I was talking about. I think the way to be spiritually well is to make sure that the nervous system is well regulated. So it's those 
the the things that I commented on with the survival mm-hmm. brain. I think spiritual wellness also has to do with naming and acknowledging our feelings. A lot of times in the spiritual community, we like to like go above it, you know, like yeah. spiritual bypass is what it's called and just be like, I'm enlightened. <laughs> and I, you know, when somebody finds a way that that works, I'll be first in line. But until then, I feel like I have to get my feet in the mud. I've got to get my nervous system well-regulated and I've got to feel and acknowledge all the feelings. And that allows me to move into a place where I can become really spiritually healthy. And the way that I maintain spiritual health is by um, spiritual readings, you know, spiritual study. Um, I'm at the Agape International Spiritual Center, taking the classes there, services on Sundays, um, writing, dance, like all, all of that stuff. I mean, even like, you know, years ago uh, when I wanted to get a man, um, I took Sheila Kelly's S Factor class. Do you know if Sheila no, Kelly? No, no. Okay. I should probably so take I was it. Watching <laughs> Oprah. I was watching Oprah. This makes me feel like a little more justified in telling my pole dancing stories. But <laughs> Sheila Kelly Love was on, on Oprah and uh, she has something called the S Factor. And it was pole dancing as exercise. But it's so much more than exercise. It was like... Um, as I mentioned earlier, I can be like head up. I can be very intellectual. This got me in my body. It was sensual. And so even doing that kind of thing, even sensual dance in the privacy of my own bedroom by candlelight, um, yeah. that that tends to my spiritual well-being, mm. right? Yes. So whatever it is that Love nurtures that. you, whatever it is that balances you, Whatever it is that's a counterbalance to the chaos and the insanity that we are bombarded with on a regular basis. So spiritual wellness might mean um, not watching the news. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Maybe you, maybe you read some it. headlines or not getting sucked in. There was a while there a couple of years ago where I was like flipping back and forth between CNN and Fox all day long because there was something always happening. Yeah. And I was... I, I was really, I, I got so sucked in and unhappy and I had to just stop, right? Like yeah. I can stay informed, but um, I'm not going to be like seduced by these, like the seduction of the horrific titles, right? right. And th- then the fear seduction, the fear yeah. porn that happens in the media. So I think that that protects my spiritual well-being as well. So it's the same thing I said about if you want to leave your corporate office, you withdraw energy from what's not working, right? <laughs> So the news. media does not work for me mm-hmm. um and and you juice energy where you do want it i build my faith i have i have a son he's going out more and more with friends up until this past year i was always there i was always with him i always knew where he was going to be i was clocking him you know and this is the first time where he's out of the nest makes me want to cry mm-hmm. and i am having to build up that muscle of trust i trust that his life is for him i trust that all is well um, and so the more I fortify myself with that, the more I begin to attract at that level, yeah. right? I love that. I trust and added Live 360 so I knew where it was at. <laughs> yeah. 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 For safety. Absolutely. I said for safety, for not safety. for stalking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm really happy to hear you talk about the nervous system because I don't think that comes up in this 
space of conversation around personal development and growth and manifestation and manifestation. and manifestation. It really doesn't. And I think if you, you know, it's just common knowledge. Like if you come from a place of depletion, you're not going to be able to attract something, but we don't talk about it enough. And so I'm, I'm really thrilled in all of our conversations. It's never come up. Um, the importance of, you know, healing that and getting it back to a neutral space state so that you can bring in energy um, from a healthy place. Right. You know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, the law of manifestation doesn't work. I've been praying for this. It didn't happen. And they get so upset. And there are a couple of pieces that are practical that we can look at. First, is your desire to accomplish what you want a, a toward a desire or an away from? Are you mm -hmm. moving towards your life purpose? Are you moving towards being of service? Are you moving towards um, something that is compelling and exciting and, and reveals your gifts in the world? Or are you doing what you're doing to move away from what you don't want? Mm -hmm. I don't want them to ever be able to ignore me again, so I'm going to get famous. I don't want to ever be poor again, so I'm going to get rich. I don't want to ever be fat again and be called names, so I'm going to be real skinny. Anytime there's an away from, it sort of de depletes. Mm -hmm. um, and um, there's a good word. I'm not thinking of it right now. Uh, the, 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 the trajectory. So you want to make sure you're moving. It like distorts it. Mm. So you want to make sure that there's a strong towards factor in what we're creating. And also the subconscious mind um, doesn't do negatives. So if I were to say, no matter what you do right now, do not imagine a great big hot pink elephant and a little purple polka dot bikini doing a jig and putting their fanny in front. Like, don't <laughs> think of that. In order to not think of it, you first have to think of it. So if I'm right. praying to win the lottery and I'm praying to, to make a lot of money or meet my beloved or whatever it is, and the whole time I'm thinking I, I, because I don't want to be poor anymore or don't want to be alone, that's all my subconscious mind is hearing is be alone, be poor, be alone, be poor, be fat, be whatever, um, whatever it is. And by fat, I mean unhealthy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's really important to look at what our drivers are to find what is compelling and a toward thrusting drive, you know, what, what's going to bring me towards. Cause, cause to be honest, like I'm a speaker, I don't really like speaking that much. You, you know, you, I have to wear Spanx and high heels and makeup and hair and all that. Right. I don't have to, but I choose to yeah. like, that's not, you know, super fun. And then you're up in front of a lot of people. And if you're up in front of thousands of people, somebody's going to think you suck and need to let you know. And, <laughs> All that stuff. So that's not really like super exciting for me. But when I think of seeing how light I can be, how much can I become pure energy? How much can I allow myself myself to be a vessel of brilliant, massive healing light so that people mm. feel it like electricity and there's awakeness and there's transformation and all that stuff? That feels exciting to me. I'm like, all right, I'll put on Spanx for that, you know? <laughs> Somebody, something needs to be held in. My energy is going out. It's going out. <laughs> but the thighs are staying in. <laughs> that is awesome. That's a, yeah. a beautiful way to think about it, though. It really does. Like, yeah, it reframes everything. It re yeah, reframes everything. And then I don't get all worried and nervous before I get on stage. I might yeah. have a little bit of nerves, but it's nothing like it used to be because it's not my ego. It's not about like, oh, I, I you know, like I, I'll have those moments of like, I hope I don't get on stage and, and like forget everything or not know what to say or whatever. It's like, 
oh, I want to be out there and love them. I just want to love yeah. them so much. And then that's a whole different mm. thing. And then the right words always come. Yeah. And even if they, they don't, don't. It, even if I fumble, even if I like fuck it up, <laughs> the intention is so clear that people are well loved. Like I do the benedictions at service at uh, Agape a lot. And I remember just a couple weeks ago, I was up there and I was so full, like my heart was overflowing. And sometimes it was like the words were just coming faster than my, my tongue and my mouth could get them out. And so the words were fumbling, but my heart was like, Phew. and that translated, even though it wasn't the most eloquent thing, the, the energy, the heart is, is what matters. And it's what people pick up on. That's why somebody could get up here and say all the perfect right things. And if they're not in alignment with it, we feel nothing. We don't care. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. that's why it's so important. And you know, one other thing, I feel like I'm ranting yeah, right now. Do it. Now. No, don't Julie. Keep ranting. Another thing. <laughs> You know, a lot of times it's easy to think that the things, our greatest pains, our greatest hurts, the biggest ouches were like sideways things. They were things that took us out of our life. But what I've come to find is that they're what we're meant to teach. You know, I came in with so much fear about things. I came in freedom so important to me, always has been. And as I heal myself and I, I don't have to be like a million steps ahead, I just have to get a couple of steps and actually, that's easier because if I'm, you know, fully realized Buddha, I'm going to speak differently than if I'm just somebody that's a little further down the path in this particular area, right? Exactly. It's more tangible. And so as I've learned to embrace that, that the things that were my pains, the things that maybe are still my struggles, but I'm learning how to work with better or be with better, that's the gift, you know? Oh. So if, as you're listening to this... Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, the biggest things, they become our gifts. They become what we're our service. How can this be my service to the world? How can I mitigate other people from from stepping into the pothole that I stepped in? Maybe I could fill this one up mm. so you can step lightly. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like I went to a service. I love that. Now. It was so, <laughs> it was so, so good. good. So good. Well, I was going to ask, I know that our time is going down. We can't have her all day, I know. unfortunately. But I found your um, healing story very compelling. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about, like, if we have aches and pains, or we have an accent or something, we your healing story of how you look at that um personally i think would be a big benefit for people yeah for sure yeah so um i had an experience a few years back i was i, I leave for agape at the crack of dawn to go to work on sunday mornings and i don't turn on lights because i don't want to wake up my family so i was on the third floor of my home and I was walking downstairs and I have a, a penchant for like six inch stilettos. So I'm walking down the stairs in my high heels and I fell and I tore my rotator cuff. And um, I was told to just lay off of it for a while and it would be okay. But I have a lot of like willfulness and we were moving at the time. And so I continued to pack boxes and move. And the 
long story less long, I ended up losing all mobility in this arm, my right arm for a full year. It took that long to get it back. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't put my hair in a ponytail. I could, I like, it was, it was really, really beyond. And so, so there are lessons like, so that that's the first thing is to start hearing all the lessons, all the ways in which I don't take care of myself because I'm like, you know, I don't want to wake the baby. I don't want to wake the family. Right. Like look out for yourself. Like that's a good lesson for me. Um, the willfulness, you know, take time. Don't lift heavy boxes. You need to take a break. I don't have a break. I don't have a break break inside of me. I don't have a break to turn on. I go and go and go sometimes to my detriment and that point to my detriment. Um, there was a metaphor about that. I had had the experience um, be right before that of um, I was with a, a group of people and I'd had this vision of myself with wings. It was like um, an, an altered state of consciousness experience, a dream but not dream kind of a thing. And I could feel the wings on my back. And I shared it in an environment that was not 100% safe for me because there was competition feelings in there. And it wasn't as soon as I shared like, I felt my wings. I could just feel like, no, this was not a safe environment to share such a sacred thing. And it was shortly after that that my wing broke. And so there are lessons about that. So I like the idea wow. when we go through things and we do go through things, uh, there's a technique called body talk, where if you have a part of your body that feels um, has discomfort, I like to imagine, see, sense, visualize, pretend that I can kind of scoop that part out, sit it on the palm of my hand, whatever it is, and notice does it have a size does it have a shape does it have a color does it have a voice does it remind me of somebody you know like that that little that part of myself you know could be like a parental unit like you're getting too big for your britches who do you think you are having wings how dare you we don't we don't in our family we don't do wings that's you know that's too far if you have wings you'll fly away we don't want you flying away once you stay here like all the voices and we all have it, and, and who knows who's going to show up on the palm of the hand, but it's, it's a practice called body talk. And just to begin that dialogue with that part that's in discomfort, what do you need? And um, so to just summarize it real quick with body talk, um, I like to create a contract. The first thing I do is I thank it because I understand that whatever reason it showed up for, it's, it's for a purpose that's relevant to my soul's full realization in this lifetime. So you're showing up to let me know something, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, I like to think of it in terms of a contract, like you're here now and um, this is not working for me because I really would like to have full access to, to my arm. And so can we come up with a new agreement? Would you be willing to help me get back my mobility if I... And then what are those things that I need to do in order to like, and you go back and forth. So it's a negotiation. So I need to be willing to claim my power. I need to be, if I'm going to say I've got wings, I got to be willing to use them and not just keep them like closed up and take them out for a party every once in a while. I got to be willing to like spread my wings. So, so I do body talk with that part. I think that would be a really nice piece, a beginner piece for somebody listening to start getting a sense of like, and kind you know, like, first of all, thank you. Hmm. And what do you need? How can I support you? Because I really want to shift this energy. And would you be willing to go from depleting me, holding me back into another? Can I give you a new job description? Can you help me take flight? Hmm. What do you think about that? 
And then what are your concerns about that? Oh, you're worried that I would fly away. You're worried that I'd leave the nest. You're worried that some people are going to be left behind. Okay, let's and then work that through, right? Because it's showing up. It's showing different parts where there are fears or concerns. And so you can like work out a contract. That's a nice beginner part. I love that. It's Gina. so good. And it, and it helps means. connect the head with the body too. It starts yes. that practice, right? Of listening right. and talking and connecting. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. Reverend Dr. Julie. What a as, conversation. I know. As we wind down, is there anything else you'd like to express to our audience? Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. That's a great way to see what I'm up to. I have a website, juliemoret.com, and um, I send out about one email a year or every five <laughs> years usually. So I always <laughs> intend to. Sounds like the unworked know. emails strategy. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think that life is hopeful. You know, mm. there's a lot that would show in our news that would say like, "It's a doomsday. Run for the hills." But I think that life is for us, and I think that there are opportunities at hand, and the best way we can serve ourselves, our families, our communities, humanity, is by taking the time to to feed that creativity inside of ourselves. So however that works for you, if it means, you know, you just got to get your space or get into nature or, you know, dance or sculpt or paint, something that opens up the creative channels because... It's through our creativity that all of the answers to all of our problems reside, like everything. So it means soothing the survival brain, acknowledging the emotions, and then like, you know, let that creativity flow. And and, and good things will follow. Good things will follow. Let's just get creative, people. That's right. <laughs> okay, so this is what we're doing, Gina. Yeah. It's the first time ever. Oh, good Lord. Okay, we are going to tell you you're funny. Mm-hmm. You're super informative and smart. Gorgeous. You are gorgeous. You're badass. I mean, listen, uh, I mean, let's keep going. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I kind of just want to hang out with her. I know. Really, I truly. Know. Uh, anyway, we are so very grateful for you today. Your generosity of being here with us, sharing all your knowledge. We'll put all your information in the, in the notes so people can get a hold of you. Also, if you're in California, Agape. Agape. Yeah, when we're in California, and, and when you come we're coming. To Agape, say hello to me. Absolutely. Oh, we will, we will. for sure. sure. Will. I mean, yeah. if you see someone that looks like Holly just walking around the hood, just just call me and I'll help <laughs> you with the paperwork and the restraining order because she might just swing on through often. She's going to be in the tree behind me. She's going to be like, Mommy, why, Julie? Well, thank you so much. Thank my you, Julie. Honor. It was a true honor today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you both. All right. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining our VIP conversation. And please visit us at our website, www.loauncork.com. See you soon.